Hi guys and welcome to another episode of the Pulse Podcast where we raise pulse raising questions about the Christian faith. My name is Raphael and I'm one of the social media managers here at our God Given Mission. Today I'm joined by the lovely MT Omini. Hi Mike. Hey uh, hey Raph. Um, so today the question that we are asking is, is hell literal or metaphoric? Over to you. Right. Is hell literal or is it metaphoric? Well, there's, we could probably split the question in two and say, you know, is the idea of eternity, hell, heaven, is that kind of stuff literal? Is it, you know, is it real? Is it metaphoric? Or are the images and the way hell is described, is that real or is that metaphoric? Mm. And I guess what we can do, I've got some key scriptures here we can go through okay. that I think make the, the case very clearly. Yeah. And then we can perhaps unpack why some of these things may exist as, as they currently do. So in terms of eternity, the Bible is quite clear that after this life, there is another life and we will all exist eternally in heaven or hell. Uh, Daniel 12 makes this pretty clear. Matthew 25, John 5, Revelations 20. These are all portions of scripture that make it very clear our destination after this life we're currently living. Another key uh, 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 consideration, again, made in Hebrews 9, is that everyone only has one life and that life they live will determine their destiny after. Now, Hebrews 9, 27 makes that pretty clear. One thing we know, and again, it's one of the oldest truisms in scripture, is that whether you're in heaven or hell is determined by your free will to put your trust, that means to lean on Christ alone as your salvation. We all know John 3.16, John 3.36. Uh, That's very, very clear. Some people deny that, and I think we have to be very clear about that. In terms of existing eternally, the Bible is very clear about that. Um, now, when it comes to hell, quite a lot is said about hell, and some stuff is imagery, right? I, I think I think you have to agree that there's a co-import of imagery in some of the things that's been said. That doesn't mean it's going to look like that. I mean, sometimes the reason why the Bible uses imagery is because, you know, it's almost worse to imagine what it might actually be like. So imagery at least softens the way <laughs> we think about it, which is scary to think about. But we know that hell was originally designed for Satan. Um, Matthew 25 makes that clear. We know that hell will be punishment eternally, uh, conscious punishment for folks who reject Jesus Christ. Matthew 13 makes that super clear. Revelations 20 does the same thing. And throughout the image you use, you get this idea, the, the image, you, you, uh, the, the uh, language, sorry, used in the Bible. It's again, super clear that it's gonna be eternally conscious, right? So for instance, Matthew 13, 20 sort of speaks about a furnace of fire where you see weeping and gnashing of teeth. We get a similar picture in Luke. Uh, Mark 9 speaks, speaks about uh, uh, where worms do not die and the fire cannot be quenched. And in Revelation 14, we speak about, uh, we, there's a phrase used, he will be tormented with, with fire and brimstone. These speak about the, the kind of what happens in such a place uh, as hell. When people ask, is it literal? Is it real? Um, I, I suspect it comes from a couple of different places. Um, first, folks might think, oh, I want to get away from the seriousness of it or the heaviness of it, or I don't, it's just too much for me. A loving God wouldn't do something like that. And that's just, of course, a misunderstanding of yeah. what hell is. And, and there's, a, there's, a, there's a lovely phrase by C.S. Lewis I'll read in a, in, in a minute. Now, 
of course, when we read about fire, we know fire in the Bible represents insatiable desire. And when we think about darkness in the Bible, we're often talking about the absence of God, the willful remover of himself is something we've spoken about before. So, so those are the metaphorical, say, co-imports to whatever it is we're discussing here. But what I love about what C.S. Lewis says, he, he says it this way, he says, in the long run, the answer to all those who object to the doctrine of hell is itself a question what are you asking god to do to leave them alone alas i am afraid that is what he does in the end there are only two kinds of people those who say to god thy will be done and those whom god says in the end thy will be done and that's a a, a really powerful uh, quote from uh, the problem of pain um which is a which is which is where that contribution comes from for me on a metaphorical and a philosophical level that is ultimately what we get with hell yeah as at the end of it all god says have it your way and that's what hell is because for for, for god to force people or give people no choice as though our free will was some illusion that for me would be a crucial again attack of a, a, a really core part of God's character and predicate. The reason why he doesn't populate the earth with angels, as, as we learn in Revelations, is because we have this free will. We can choose God. We get to choose God. And ultimately, the, the, getting to choose God can only be meaningful if we get to not choose God, right? Yeah. So, for me, images, you can speak about being metaphorical, perhaps. Because who knows what the absence of God is like? I don't want to know. <laughs> but whether hell is literal, whether it's going to happen, whether it's for eternity, for me, the Bible is abundantly clear about it. it. And this has been Christian orthodoxy for years. So New Age folks or uh, people who, who call themselves different names, who have different perspectives about what's going on here, they have to do a lot of ducking and diving scripture to really kind of make it happen because I think the, the Bible's pretty clear about eternal conscious uh, punishment. The Bible's pretty clear about separation from God. The Bible's pretty clear about the choice we have in choosing God and putting our trust in God versus not doing so. Um, that's how I'll answer that question. So with that, all of that being said then, when, when we read um, what the Bible has to say about, um, about hell, and whether it's like you said imagery or you know whatever how do we ensure that our 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 our, our work even though the christian faith is not based on work but our, our our attempt to be good in this life to be good christians isn't fueled by our fear of what hell might be or what hell might look like yeah that's a good question because god isn't the god of fear Right, this kind of debilitative fear. Now, fear of the Lord is important, but there we're, we're talking about wisdom, aren't yeah. we? I think the best way to think about it is this. Ultimately, when we discuss hell, none of us get sent to hell, technically. It depends how you want to look at it. Because ultimately, as we've read in that, in that say, phrase, God says, your will be done. So heaven's about a choice, a, a, an active, intentional choice to want God. That's the whole point of heaven, is I want God. Unfortunately, what we do in modern Christianity, sometimes sub subconsciously, is to build a heaven that's about kind of nice and good things, and then to build a hell that's about bad things. And so your job is, well, which one do you want? And the answer is the good thing. Everyone would put the good thing, even non-Christians, Buddhists, everyone would say, I want the good part, where there's no sickness, there's no pain. 
But that's, a, that's, that, that's an error because essentially what we're doing there is we're building a heaven without God. Yeah. The building of heaven that's about all the fruits and all the wonderful uh, uh, things that, 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 you know, being with God provides eternally, right? But without God himself. And so ultimately, a Christian isn't running away from hell. Why would you run away from hell? You're not going there. A Christian's life is about choosing God. And therefore, at the end of the day, God gives you what you want. So ultimately, if you're saying, I want you, God, it's you that I want, that's what you get. How do you do that? You trust and believe in Jesus Christ. You, you, you confer and put your weight unto him. He adopts you, performs that adoptive work, and, and you get to spend forever with him. That's what has to be driving your Christian life, right? It's living a life from overflow. It's living a life from acceptance rather than living a life for acceptance. And once you see it that way, hell is a, is a small almost irrelevant consideration because yeah. it's like I'm not going there I'm not interested I don't want to go there you know so so that doesn't need to be what's feeding my life if that's what's feeding your life then chances are you might have built these two different li- uh, these two different images up in your head where heaven's good hell is bad and you try to escape the bad thing it's like you don't do that you're running towards remember our Christian lives must be defined by what we are for and not just what we're against yeah it has to be described or defined by what we are running towards, right? And not just what we're running from. And so if you're someone who's afraid of hell, who you think I might not make it, do you believe in Jesus? Do you trust him? Do you believe in his finished works? Do you trust in his righteousness or your, as you said, works kind of say based righteousness? Because one of those will fail you yeah. and only Jesus can keep us. And once we believe in Jesus, we're Christians, we only have one destination. Jesus, God would not drop us from the palm of his hand. He is the author and finisher of our faith. He will keep us till the very, very end. Our eternity is as secure as can be. There's all sorts of scriptures we're given. You know, bad things that happen to us work for our good. That shows you the extent of God's security right good things for your good you know uh, people sliding you for your good once you believe in jesus so that's something to be very very um aware of <laughs> did i start to you there no you didn't <laughs> but thank you so much that was really really insightful and thank you to you guys at home that have listened um if you're listening on apple Podcasts, please make sure you leave a review if you are listening on anywhere anywhere else just make sure you like share comment subscribe whatever it may be and please feel free to share with friends and family and we hope to see you next week thank you so much